What's up, everybody? Billy Metro from the Sons of Saturday podcast. So, obviously, Monday, August 17th at 1029. Some news broke today that the University of North Carolina, after a coronavirus outbreak, will be moving to all online classes. Wanted to just get on here in the pre-roll and address that. We did record our podcast yesterday, um, so just wanted to say that it was recorded before that news came out, but still, um, you know, my point and our point really has been if there is school, there should be football. And uh, again, you know, long way till kickoff. Uh, it seems like a long way at least, so we're interested to see what's going to happen here, um, but do have some time until we get to that. Other than that, what do we have going on here? We have an interview with the Hokie Club that we are conducting on Wednesday, which we are super excited about. Some other awesome interviews that uh, we're going to keep. We're going to keep to ourselves, but uh, they are coming along and coming down the pipe soon, so stay tuned for that. But without further ado, we got a great show for you. A little bit of pre-roll, talk a little bit of football, and then... We got Joe Bamisil. He was a fantastic interview. So let's get to it. Here's the 555. Okay. Welcome back to the Sons of Saturday. Thank you for joining us. It is Sunday at August 16th. I don't have the timestamp like Billy does. It's 437. It's 437. Jeez. Dude, you need to calm down. Sorry, I'm fired up. We haven't we haven't had us three on a podcast for a while. It's it's exciting to see your beautiful faces. Grace and Nut was out here shooting, you know, basically, I mean model hashtag model question mark maybe on some billboards over in la jolla or something i don't know i don't know hey hey guess what ladies that kid you saw on your twitter tl rocking that dope home field apparel sweatshirt he's single hit me up (laughs) all right what do we got (laughs) we're gonna kick things off here as we do on the episodes with a little hokey haiku presented by the main street pharmacy Dr. Lord King Jeremy down at the Main Street Pharmacy. I tell you what, man, these guys, they know what they're doing when it comes to pharmaceuticals and distribution to the great people of the New River Valley. The Main Street Pharmacy, one of the better, if not the best pharmacies in all of Virginia, definitely the best one in the NRV. Stop in there for your COVID-19 necessities. Whether you need to get a prescription filled or you want to get a bag of Doritos, whatever you want, they got it down at the Main Street Farm. And guess what? Dr. Counts will greet you with a smile underneath his mask. You can see it in his eyes. So head on down to our favorite pharmacist and our favorite pharmacy in all of Main Street and in all of Blacksburg and in all of the New River Valley, the Main Street Pharmacy. Here is your Hokey Haiku presented by J.J. Singleton, sent in by J.J. J.J. says, Love J.J. Prior to this Joe Bamisil interview coming up, we welcome Joe home. Castle will rock when Joe balls out. Hokies will love Joe. There you I, go. I liked it. First, a first submission from, uh, from our boy J.J., so we're tied 
on uh, on submissions for the haiku machine. So fired up about that. Also, how how is everybody doing? What's what's going on? We got some we got some geographical relocation news from from Pat Grayson's over there. You know, it's summertime's ending, but he's living in eternal sunshine. I'll just kick <laughs> off. I'll kick it off with myself here. I mean, you know, doing well. New Jersey still um, kind of fell off the diet bandwagon getting back on the mill. I know, dude. I, look, it, it's tough, but I need to display grit and stick-to-itiveness. need to be better, uh, and I will be better. So um, that's, that's just the fact, Jack. Uh, Grayson, what do you got going on out west? You know what, man? I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. I have kind of plateaued on the diet train as well. Dude. I've, uh, I've, I've Not fallen good. off a little bit, a little bit, but we're yeah. fine. We're fine. You and I, we get, we have to hold each other accountable to get, get back into this thing, but I'm good. I'm good. I, uh, right now I'm in the process trying to book a little Airbnb down in SD down in San Diego. Ooh. Bill, I know you rave about San Diego, and I still have never been. Uh, I was denied one yesterday. Might be COVID-related. Don't know. But, uh, yeah, things are good out here in sunny California. There is a heat wave right now, and with an apartment with no air conditioning, it's a little tough. Not great. Pat, Pat, how are you doing, man? I am doing good over here. Got out, hit the links on Friday and Saturday. That was a lot of fun. Played with my dad on Friday, my bro on Saturday. And – Billy Ray's been coming over uh, for dinner every now and then. He's been eating up all the food at the Finn house. Uh, <laughs> but that's so all right. Uh, it's good food. It's good food. Good food. Big development. Sending off sister to college tomorrow. She's thumbing her way down to uh, not North Carolina, but Southwest Virginia. Route 81, starting at Tech. That's big time. And then uh, I will be spending the month of September in Charlotte, North Carolina, staying with a buddy down there. If you want to hang out. Hit me up. We can, sons of social distance, maybe get some ice cream. I don't know. I don't know if there's any nice uh, breweries down there. But, uh, yeah, just checking it out down there. So uh, that's all good and fine and dandy. And you know what else is good and fine and dandy? It Tell is me. August 16th on Sunday night at 4.42 p.m. And Virginia Tech is still playing football this fall. You know, Pac-12, Big Ten, they backed out early last week. As far as we are concerned, the ACC, the Big 12, and the SEC is still continuing to move forward. Uh, we are seeing every day on the timeline, you know, the presidents are meeting, the ADs are meeting, the schools are meeting, they're discussing things, and, you know, things get a little wild on there. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, right now, Virginia Tech will be playing football. And, Billy, I know you had uh, a lot of thoughts behind this. Um, so just, just, just go ahead. I'm teeing you up. Yeah, so – First and foremost, great, great chance for Optimistic Pat to shine through here with everything going on. So I'm happy, happy for you. And again, as far as I'm concerned, Virginia Tech plays football in a couple of weeks. And I just, I have some thoughts on this, you know, this entire thing that's going on here. Um, First and foremost, I just want to explain, and I did this in a video earlier, kind of what football means to athletes. So the environment of accountability is obviously huge. I know that without football and the structure that football brought me, I wouldn't have been as successful as a student. Uh, you have your teammates relying on you to do the right thing. You have your teammates relying on you to show up to class. Your coaches are on you to show up to class. And it really is like the group that you run with it. They, you know, you're spending a ton of time together. So, you know, people need to realize how important football is to some of these kids and how, much better it is to be in Blacksburg than some of the places that these athletes come from. And, you know, you don't have to take my word from it. There are athletes from across the nation expressing how important it is for them, how, you know, 
happy they are to be back on campus and back in the normal routine. And the next point of that I kind of want to make about that is, you know, where we shouldn't eye roll athletes that decide that they're not going to play football this fall. That's just not your place to do it. If you're there, the universities are giving these kids the option to choose, Hey, we're going to play this fall. Hey, we're not going to play this fall and honor scholarships. It's not really your place to eye roll an athlete that decides not to play in the fall. At the same standpoint, we really shouldn't eye roll kids that decide they do want to play or eye roll kids that do decide that they want to show up to practice. Again, it's, you know, it's up to them what they want to do. And this is my second biggest point here that I didn't mention on the video that I put out in the middle of the week. If you're arguing against football, you should also be arguing against back to school. You are not about to tell me that it is not safe for students to play football when they're being tested weekly, when their temperatures are being monitored daily. But at the same standpoint, you're not outraged by the fact that Texas A&M is going to bring 68,000 kids back to College Station. Or Virginia Tech is not going to bring 28,000 kids back to Blacksburg. I'm just so sick and tired of everybody crushing football, crushing athletics, crushing everything that's going on. But at the end of the day, if there's school in session, these kids are going to be sharing dorms. They're going to be sharing places they live, going to the same grocery stores. I don't love to see it. And if I see anyone repping a, a Sharky's cup and not exercising social distance, we will call you out. But to think that these students are, you can just control the environment without testing students and without monitoring temperatures like they do with football. In my opinion, football players are going to be the safest sect of students that are going to be on college campuses with the amount of testing that they have to go through, the amount of protocols that are having to be followed. Liberty's in their own boat. Liberty's out here just saying, we're not testing people that don't show symptoms. I'm not talking about Liberty. Liberty needs to be more responsible. And I'm sure there are other schools out there that haven't been responsible. But the ACC and Virginia Tech has been, thankfully, very transparent with what's going on. So if you're arguing against football, you need to be arguing against school too because the fact that there are water fountains and everything else, I just don't want to hear it be a one-sided argument. Stop telling kids that they're wrong for opting out. Stop telling kids that they're wrong for opting in. This is uncharted territory, and, you know, it's not really your place to be telling kids what they can do. I know that was a little bit of an extended rant, but that's kind of my thoughts on the entire thing. Yeah, and I have a, one kind of addition onto there. Um, seeing so many FCS schools, you know, the Ivy League was first, but um, more so like the ODUs of the world, the G5 schools of the world that are uh, kind of going through cancellations – I'm seeing that a lot of people don't really understand why they are canceling and why the power five is still playing. And the reason that the power five or at least three out of five of the power five are still playing is for all of the reasons that Billy just said, the infrastructure is in place. They have the financial resources to test all these kids and to maintain these protocols throughout the entire season. Whereas at some of these other schools, FCS G five, they are operating on much smaller budgets, so they had to cut ties early, and this is why that uh, some of the larger programs are still going, because they can. And Grayson, I, I want to hear your thoughts after this, but the last thing that I'll say on that is this is also a very fluid thing. Like, you know, we said at the beginning of this podcast, as of August 16th at 449, we're playing football. But again, like, things can change. I expect things to change, um, you know, but at the end of the day, to just – 
come out and say, nope, we can't do it. Because the whole time, this whole time, there was, there was no way we could play sports until we played sports, until basketball got started. Baseball's had some hiccups, but they're still playing sports. So, you know, again, in the best interest of a lot of these kids, whether they want to play or don't want to play, at least they're trying and we'll see what will happen. And um, that's kind of my thoughts on the entire thing. Grayson, do you have anything you'd like to add on this, on this subject here? Well, I think, you know, Nick Saban has always been one. Uh, I've, I've always had kind of my gripes with Nick Saban, but he's always been very honest with the media. And he came out and said something that I think is very relevant. It's something that you discussed, Bill. He said, these players are in a much better situation here at school where they are being tested every single day. I mean, a lot of these kids maybe don't come from the best situations to begin with where they could be at home doing God knows what. You can't keep tabs on all of them. Here they are in a controlled environment where they are safe, not really in a bubble, but kind of in a bubble. So at least in the SEC and in the ACC, these kids being at school is better for them than to be at home. So right now, it seems that at least in ACC schools and and the schools that are lined up to play college football, everybody is complying with these protocols. So I've, the NCAA, I I admire them for allowing these conferences to, to say, Hey, we want to come out and we want to play but I guess that leads us into our uh, our next topic. Um, well, Grayson, one last one last thing on that before we move on. I, I do want to say it's not only players that may come from not as privileged backgrounds. I know, speaking from my myself, if I didn't have the environment of accountability, and I come from Westwood, New Jersey, two parents very supportive of me in my academic and athletic career, I know that I wouldn't have transparently been able to succeed at the level that I did at college academically if I didn't have the accountability, the resources and everything else that came with being in Blacksburg and being associated with the football team. Um, So I think, you know, it is in these students' best interest and these student athletes' best interest to be in that so uh, quote unquote bubble. Um, So I, I completely agree with that. And what's frustrating is that Nick Saban has shown more leadership and given more of an opinion on this subject than most of the commissioners of the different conferences and the NCAA as a whole. And that's been one of the most frustrating, most frustrating points is the lack of leadership and the lack of transparency has put these student athletes in a position where they're all training. And I've spoken with my brother, I've spoken with other folks at different schools and they've just voiced frustration. Like, Hey, I'm like, putting my shoes on or I'm like putting my pads on getting ready for practice. And all I get are texts all day of people sending me articles of here's why football's canceled. Here's why football's being played. Here's why is this, here's why is that. And from a student athlete perspective, I know I'm frustrated with just like, you know, Twilio telling me when we're going back to work or when we're not going back to work. Can you imagine being a student athlete, having to go out and practice every day, not knowing if you're even going to play a season just because of the lack of leadership. I'm not asking for answers, but I'm asking for a unified plan and a unified way forward because nobody has the answers, but the lack of leadership has led to a basic free for all from the blue check Mark brigade. And, and you know, I, I think the players share the same sentiment. You've seen it mm-hmm. on the Twitter timeline. So many of them are, I'm better off being at school. Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence has said it. Mm-hmm. So many Virginia tech players have come out and said it. I'm pretty sure Trey Turner's tweeted about it. It's like, mm-hmm. we want to play. Mm-hmm. Because it's 
safer for us to be here. And no, and, and, and not minimalizing somebody else that doesn't feel that way. Like, like Caleb Farley made to him the best decision that's for him, like completely support it, like wish him nothing but the best. Um, so, you know, giving them the option to do that. And again, like if I'm a student athlete now, there's no way that I could be spending time on, on, on Twitter because again, it's just, it, it, it's, it's nonstop. It's exhausting. Um, but again, we'll see what happens. Interested to see what happens here, but Grace, I know we all have a bone to pick here with, um, the NCAA non COVID related. So why don't you go ahead and set this one up here? So if you've been following, uh, I guess the NCAA's uh, stirrings and doings recently, you might notice that they've given the green light on some transfer waivers, and they've also put down the red light on some. And it seems that every time this happens, anybody who wants to transfer to the Virginia Polytechnic Institute and State University gets their waiver denied for whatever reason may, that may be. So you might have heard Raheem Blackshear running back out of Rutgers University. That? Rutgers? <laughs> Rutgers uh, transfers to Virginia Tech. And we found out this past week that he was denied eligibility to play immediately this season. And wh- wh- why, why is that? So he's a redshirt junior, played in – Four games last year to retain eligibility. His coach gets fired. Okay, yeah, sure, I can transfer. I want to go somewhere where I can play. He arrives at Virginia Tech, and NCAA says, nope, sorry. What I got to – look, I don't mean to – it's just – it is so overwhelmingly frustrating. I I don't know if the compliance department gets reasons for denial of these – applications because there's such inconsistency i wonder if it's just really do they send you a fax that says no or yes do they tell you the reason that it doesn't work um because the the status quo across the ncaa is if your coach gets fired like you know you have the ability to go to a new school if this if your circumstances has changed i would just really like to understand where we can shine a light on the reason that these get denied uh and pat shine a light on on kind of you know, Coach Fuentes' quote on this and, and kind of your take overall. Yeah, before I do that, um, if, if anyone out there has a pen and a piece of paper, uh, write down this phone number, 317-917-6222. That is the NCAA uh, compliance office phone line. <laughs> Give them a couple calls this week and ask them what the heck is going on. Um, I mean, it's very frustrating. Coach Fu says, we were shocked and saddened by that. Raheem was shocked. Our administration feels like we have a very strong case. We're going to absolutely appeal that and see if we can make any headway there. And zooming out, Brock Hoffman, we all know about him. He got denied two times and speculation about using the wrong loophole for application. Uh, That was last year. Braxton, Braxton Burmeister also denied immediate eligibility. And meanwhile, uh, earlier last week, Talia Tagovailoa, wow. a.k.a. Tua's younger brother. Everyone knows Tua Tagovailoa. Talia, younger brother, transfers from Alabama to the University of Maryland on May 15th. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at a Will Stewart tweet, uh, tweet here. 
He was declared eligible on August 7th. Maryland tweeted, Aloha means eligible. Italia is in for 2020. It's a picture of him. They're all excited. And uh, I guess that's a a three-month turnaround. Less than three-month turnaround for Maryland getting his eligibility. Raheem Blackshear transfers to Virginia Tech January 10th. Still waiting to hear. And then we finally heard uh, on Friday. But... Yeah, this is a disaster. Now, and we know, we've, we've heard so many times in the past where big-name programs are getting these big-name players eligible. Just last year, Justin Fields transfers from Georgia to Ohio State. He's eligible right away. Tate Martell transfers from Ohio State to Miami. He is eligible right away, even though he plays, or I guess he didn't get much playing time. Here's another Miami quarterback for you. That place is like a revolving door, man. Derek King transfers there from Houston after playing four games in 2019. Oh, just like Raheem Blackshear. Blackshear played four games in 2019 then set out the rest of the year to keep the eligibility. So I don't know what's going on here. Sons of compliance, here is a fact. We are 0 for 3 in our last three transfer requests. Could almost say three and a half with the Iowa defensive back, honestly, with the non-transferable credits. Yeah, could say that. I will, I mean, I'll, I'll reserve drawing direct conclusions here, but I really want to know some insight either way, whether it's from the NCAA, if I need to call that phone line when the office opens tomorrow, or directly from the Virginia Tech Compliance Office under the athletic department. Why is this continuing to happen? Here's another issue. If I'm a student athlete, no matter what happens this year, you know, for, 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 okay, for instance, say I'm a Big Ten athlete and there are some loose transfer rules around the 2020 season. I'm looking at Virginia Tech and saying, hmm, I see three guys who had to sit out a year and couldn't get their waiver approved. Why would I want to go there? That sounds like another, another hurdle I need to get over. Yeah. In order for, for me getting on the field and getting exposure here. I might go to Carolina or Clemson or And do you not you know, think that Carolina program. do you not think that Carolina and Clemson would negatively recruit that aspect? If you're there if, if you got a recruit who's considering Carolina, who's considering Miami and they're considering Virginia Tech as well, you don't think that one of those coaches are like, Hey, like just let you know if you're considering these other schools, like here's a couple of op- uh, other players. I don't know what's going on over there, but you know, they've been denied. So look the end of the day, I really, I really just want some more insight from the NCAA and and from you know why these are denied. But at the same standpoint, NCAA in general, they should make this more simple for the student athlete. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're a student athlete, it shouldn't be this difficult to go play somewhere. You know, I don't, I don't think that it should be ad hoc. Like, you know, I don't want it to get to the point where if a kid gets in an argument with a strength coach, like he's in the transfer portal the next day and looking for a new place to go. And he knows he's got free reign at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can argue about that. I'm, I'm not sure if that'll be a popular opinion or not. Um, that's just, co- my, yeah. own, that's coach- just my own opinion. Um, but at the same standpoint, like it should be much more vanilla on, on, Hey, here's what works. Here's what doesn't boom. Even with an appeal process, what is there to appeal? If there's a very simple, steadfast rule, why is there an approval even necessary? So, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, sons of frustration. Let's see how the appeals work. Yeah. Coach Foose said he was cautiously optimistic. Yeah. So, so, 
We will we see. see. Ch- Changa Hodge, the transfer wide receiver from Villanova, has not yet practiced for Virginia Tech, and obviously his hardship would be his season being canceled. So we'll see what happens there too. Another headline, Cannon Boone, he's in the boat. And Grayson, we're back, baby. It feels like like 08. Wild turkey formation, run it. (laughs) (laughs) I got to tell you, um, something that's been, you know, a little challenging is you got the announcement dates from folks in different time zones, kind of like we're trying to schedule podcasts with G-Baby over here on the West Coast, and everyone's like, hey – we got a potential commitment at five o'clock and then five o'clock rolls around. And you're like, dang, did we miss out on bro, bro? No, he's just in Texas for all you TX to VT haters. Cannon Boone, welcome to the boat. Welcome to the boat. Uh, that's a big body getting in the boat. Check out his film, Pancake Central. Um, just pushing people into the Texas soil, pile driving them into the Texas soil. I mean, more I'm pancakes than an IHOP, baby. Let's go. More pancakes than an IHOP. I'm more of a Waffle House guy personally, but it doesn't fit the brand. So we will <laughs> go with IHOP. Um, look, I'm excited. Coach Vice, he's getting big dudes. The D-line's getting big dudes. And big dudes move big people. So welcome, uh, welcome, welcome aboard, Mr. Boone. Also, love the content from the Boone fam. Uh, bringing in the groceries. Got Enter Sandman playing. You know, got a little house party going on. I mean, look, I'm all in. So welcome aboard, Mr. Boone. I'm excited. Let's talk about this for a second, too. Canon Boone. Have we, okay, we got the Greg Boone reference already in earlier. If you're, if you're new to Hokie Nation, Greg Boone was a tight end who played, uh, I guess, in the 2008 realm. He was on the team that won the 2009 uh Orange Bowl and ACC Championship. Greg Boone was this massive 280-pound – was he 280, Greg? He was, he was thick. <laughs> <laughs> he was either 260 or 280. Massive guy, um, and he wore number eight and uh, would come in and play quarterback a couple times. Uh, the wild turkey offense was made famous under Greg Boone. But Cannon Boone, you got a guy from Texas named Cannon – He's got a few Power 5 offers. I see uh, Purdue, Colorado, Arizona, Air Force, Navy, you know, some service accounting. That guy's smart. I see Pennsylvania on here. Penn? That's a very – Oh, oh, Penn. Oh, wow. Penn, Penn. It's a good school job. This guy does not skip his homework. He does not skip his homework. He's a uh, a .8516 composite. His 24-7 rating is actually a .87. So, uh, it's pretty good there. But uh, he's just – Filing in with a, a long line of solid offensive uh, line recruits from Coach Vice. So I'm fired up about that. But uh, before we kick things off into our next segment, Bill, I got to hear about home field, man. Look, I got to tell you guys, like, we have – I'm not even call it the, the brand committee. But uh, Pat, Bill, and G-Baby, we have made it official that when we work with a brand – we're not out here like we're not out here just like cl- clutching our pearls, looking to scrape up any opportunity. We vet every company that we work with to be known as something. Hey, I would do that. I, w- I would get on board here. If I lived in Blacksburg, you know where I'm getting my prescriptions? I'm getting my prescriptions over at Main Street Farms. If I'm in Blacksburg and when I am in Blacksburg, am I when I'm guzzling down? some long islands or I'm looking to get a Budweiser pitcher. I'm going to Sharky's. That is where I'm going. 
Pat, when he goes and gets his teeth whitened, where is he going? He's going to the Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry. That is happening. Then it's in the books. Aside from that, I get really frustrated when I hop on the Facebook machine and I see on the right-hand corner, it's like, hey, buy Virginia Tech Apparel. And it's a Virginia Tech shirt on Haynes or Gildan. And you just took the logo and you threw it on the shirt. Okay, I, I, I don't like that. You know what I like? I like someone who does their research. I like someone who says, hey, Virginia Tech's a pretty cool place. Why don't we, why, why don't we check it out? Okay. Well, yeah, it's Canon. That's pretty cool. Cannons are dope. Let's throw that on a sweatshirt. Let's Cannon Boone. Cannon Boone. Let's throw it on a shirt. So Homefield, not only do they put awesome graphics that are researched with the school on their apparel, but their apparel is made by, if you can just imagine the softest, if it, when you sit on a Tempur-Pedic bed for the first time, it is similar when you slide on your Tempur-Pedic Homefield Tempur-Pedic material sweatshirt onto your body. You put the t-shirt on, you open the Homefield, the, the boxing is unbelievable, comes in a fantastic package with Homefield, you're going to know when it's on your doorstep. Homefield Apparel, use discount code SONS OF SAT, all caps, you get 20% off your first order. And I got to tell you, wide array of great stuff. Grayson, you've told me multiple times the TVVT logo is one of my absolute favorites. Very near and dear to my heart. We got the Skipper logo. We got the Fighting Gobbler, which I love. You guys are a little bit of a hater of the Fighting Gobbler uh, logo. Oh, whoa, whoa. Who said that? Whoa. whoa. <laughs> I thought you guys didn't like that. Oh, you guys like Sons? the Foghorn. The Bullfoghorn. Foghorn. There you go. Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah, that one. Don't do the Foghorn okay, Leghorn. Okay. All right. All right. But look, shout out to Homefield for doing a deep dive on the Fighting Gobbler logo. Just they have a six minute video, and I'll wrap this ad up here because we're they have a six minute video talking about here's the stuff that we've done, and here's the research that we've done, and why we picked Virginia Tech as a partner. So I, I think I really, I genuinely think that is awesome. I have the apparel. I would be ordering more. Get on, get on the plane or get flown over. I will be ordering more. I gotta say, I order the large. If you see the picture. That's me wearing a large, it's on Twitter, it's on uh, Instagram. Uh, my sister's wearing a large t-shirt as well. So those are mm. both larges. I know, I think Bill and Gray both got the double X. No, not the double X, the XL. Dang. <laughs> all right, all right. Hey, I, I will be ordering more and it's going to be in an XL. Um, I will be ordering more. I haven't even put it on. I will I be ordering more. I will yeah. be using the, the promo code. But also, just a disclaimer for legal purposes, it's not actually Tempur-Pedic uh, no. material. You're right. Sons You're of right. jokes. Sons, sons of, of compliance. Jokes. Sons of compliance. Sons, sons of, of messing compliance. around. Sons of compliance. Shout out to Homefield. Fantastic material. Fantastic brand. Excited to see what's coming out. I even checked out a little bit of their Navy selection. So, sons of goats. Sons of Navy. Sons of Jackson. So, check it out. They got some great stuff. Um, sons of sanitization. That's important. Grayson, talk to us about that. So a huge shout out really quick to Tweet and Pete for keeping us in the loop on practice. On practice. He's been dropping some fire picks. We got yes. the coaches and players. They all to, they all appear to be masked up both in and outdoors, following the protocols, sons of staying safe. Coach Foo's got the the custom made. He told us about that on our looks interview. great. The, the grit face mask. And then really quickly, also, I want to give a huge shout out to Daniel Sabatino and his team for the absolute heat, absolute gasoline content on the video production front. The videos from practice are getting not only myself, but Bill, Pat, everybody on the Twitter TL so 
excited, so fired up. And this goes back to Bill's original point. You know, it's videos like this that make us realize how much we need college football. I'm seeing this stuff, and all I can think is I hope, I hope, fingers crossed, that the season happens. We got to do it right. We got to stay safe. At the end of the day, it's all about the the safety of the players and the coaches. That's mm-hmm. what that's what is the most important. But I'm seeing I'm seeing you know Chamari Connor out there just hearing the hit of the pads and everything, and I'm like, oh, I need this. I need it happens this. here, like, dude, it's I, been great. I the, it the so camp bad. confidential has been fantastic. I seriously, I, I was saying we were talking about this before you know COVID happened. We were saying, look, they've really cranked up what they've been doing uh, across the social media board, and and they've continued that. So I definitely want to tip my cap to them. And Daniel, keep if you're listening right now, or anybody on your team, keep this content coming. I know Please. how hard it is to churn out video content in a quick, you know, snap of the finger manner. But we need, you know, we're getting weekly videos. I need daily videos. <laughs> That's what I, I do. Need. I do strongly encourage anyone, and and we'll replug it uh, on our timeline to check out the Dana Sabatino video uh, podcast with Grayson. He did a fantastic job, and it gives you a great kind of insight into what goes into, you know, pumping out these videos, giving you insight into what's going on. They were doing the hard hat series, which was fantastic. Um, so definitely, definitely check that out. Um, but other than that, Pat, why don't you lead us into shout outs here? I know we got, we have a huge sons of shout out here going out. We already alluded to it. So here we go. I want to give a big shout out to my sister, Kathleen, starting her Virginia tech journey tomorrow. Uh, she will be she'll be riding down there with my folks i wish i could join you but i know they are kind of being strict about who can help move in and all that so uh, i'm sitting this one out but i hope you guys go to sharky's pick up a glass uh and hang out do a nice little walk around campus and uh best of luck to kathleen and her roommate and all the friends at pritchard shout out to you guys be safe down there I'd like to give a shout out to DJ Harvey Sr. I will see you at In-N-Out Burger next weekend, my friend. I cannot huge wait. Huge development. I huge, am geeking out at this. Uh, huge development. I'm I'm going to, I, I hope, we're, we're looking at maybe doing a little burger review action, Mr. Harvey and myself. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see if, if, if he's down for that. But uh, I also want to give a shout out to my little brother, Hampton. I know you have that Sons of Saturday glass at the house in Blacksburg. And the fact that you haven't sent it to me is. What are we doing? So what 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 are you doing? Can, can, can I can I can I weigh in on that? You know what's crazy is is it's not even crazy because it's no one's fault. People are like, hey, can I get a glass? I'm gonna be completely honest with you. Not a single son of Saturday has a Sharky's glass. <laughs> None of us have. And people are like, can you send me a glass? I'm like, can you send me one, please? Like, <laughs> people from like people from like Charlotte and Richmond are like, dude, send us glasses. I'm like, dude, you're we don't have the glasses that I am. So. Um, so yeah, uh, no, we can't send you glasses, but if you get them, send them to us, please. Shout out. Um, shout out to you guys, man. I gotta say not to get, not to get uh, sons of emotional, but it's been, uh, it's been crazy. It's crazy to think we're only a couple of weeks away from hopefully football and, uh, you know, hearing you guys getting your feedback, you know, having you guys tune in week in, week out. We try to do a great job with the content every week. Uh, having you guys, you know, continue to suggest guests, continue to suggest content and, you know, keeping up with us, even when football and sports in general are not really occurring. Um, we really, really appreciate that. And that's what keeps us going. Uh, and we have a ton of fun with it. 
uh, every, I don't know what I'd be doing if I didn't have the sons in my life. So, um, fired up about that. Love you guys. Love the listeners. Love the team. Love the scribes of Saturday. Check them out. They've been doing a fantastic job on the beat and on the writing and the featured articles. we got some great stuff coming up this next week. Aside from that, shout out to my Celtics. Let's go get banner number 18. Grayson, we'll see you guys in the finals. If you get past the blazers, <laughs> you, act like I'm a, you act like I'm a huge Lakers fan. Anyway, <laughs> Embrace it, bro. Embrace it. That's right. See y'all. All All right, everybody. Happy Sunday, August 16th, or whenever you're listening to this. Just giving you a little date stamp. We are welcoming in freshman basketball player under Coach Mike Young, Joe Bamasil. Joe, how is everything doing? Where are you and what's going on? I'm I'm currently in Harper Hall, something like that. Shout out Harper Hall, Taras State. And uh, just chill. I'm chilling right now. For for those who don't know Joe, uh, let me let me give you a little resume on on Joe Bamasil. He's a product of Monacan High School in Richmond, Virginia. Shout out the eight of four. That's actually where I grew up. I, I grew up in Short Pump. Wait wait wait, uh, wait 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 Chesterfield, Virginia. Chill. All right, fine. Ooh, ooh, uh, all right, okay. Fair, fair Monacan Chesterfield, VA, but still eight oh four, so it works. Where, uh, where he played shooting guard. He currently stands at 6'5", 175 pounds, adding, adding even more height to the Virginia Tech basketball team roster. He had a .9655 player rating on 247 throughout his entire recruitment and was primarily recruited by the Harvard Hokie, Coach Christian Webster. Did we get that all right? No updates on yeah, the height did we, did, did we get yeah, that? Like, I've never understood. Like For the last like two years, I've been like my weight's been 175. I've been 195 pounds, 200 at one point since I was 16. So what are we what? doing? Yeah, so what, are we we gotta, come on, what are we doing? Come on. I saw, your face. I, saw, I, saw, I saw your face. You did a little scrunch. So I was like, is he, are they no, underselling no. it? Are they overselling it? Got- I see it on um, 247 too. And I'm like, dude, there's just, there's no way that I'm 175 pounds. <laughs> okay. So I'm glad, I'm glad we got the fake news out of there. 200 pound. JB, excited to have you on the podcast. And I got to ask you, so we've heard about your quote book, quote a day. So I'm curious, today, Sunday, Sunday, August 16th, what is the quote of the day? And what um, is the quote book? Um, like, I usually do it at night right before I sleep. So okay. there's no quote yet. Um, but I can make one on the fly if we really Okay. Want. All right. All right. Go ahead. So this is every day right before you go to sleep, you put, you put a quote down. Yeah, it's it's a whole process. Like, I have to I have to start you in the morning if you want to get the whole writing thing down. But sure. So every single morning I wake up, I have one journal that's specifically for not necessarily document my documenting my day, but getting things down that I, like I learn questions or like things that I think are cool, really stuff that are like deeper in tune. And then okay. it's a routine every single morning. I write down the date. And then I write down gratitude, patience, peace, and freedom. And then God is good. And then I'll write down MBA because that's one of my goals. And then I'll write down like known artists as my second goal. And then I put the pen down, start my day. And then I, I keep that book on me almost wherever I go. So like whenever I have something I think is cool, I'll write it down real quick. Or if it's not on me, I'll text myself like what I need to write down so I can write it down at night. And um, throughout the day, I write in that. And then um, at the end of every day, like this is when the other books come involved, I'll, I'll name, like 
in the first journal, I'll title the day, like just based off like what the day was. Today might be like feel the wind because I was longboarding a lot today. So that's what I would title the day. And then like a quote would be like, we fear pain because we don't know what will happen after we feel it. And that's because my friend, like David um, Gasson, the other freshman, I was teaching him that long longboard and he was super scared of like falling off. Um, but that takes away from the fun of longboarding if you're scared of falling off. So like, that's how I would get that quote. And then I have a poem book I write in that's separate from those first two books I just told you about. And my poem book will summarize my day in a different way. So I took like a couple long walks today and um, a poem I could get from taking walks would probably be like, we lose our sense of being in touch when we don't take the time to walk in nature, something like that. Joe, um, Joe, 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 Joe. <laughs> this is, this is, all right, look, the, the title of this podcast is going to be Not Your Average Joe, because this is not, <laughs> this is not where I was expecting. That is fantastic. I got to say, one of my big gripes with, uh, with Gen Z, not writing things down, not living in the moment. So I got to say, you got the whole living in the moment thing down. I, I Seriously, I tip, I tip my cap here. That's, that's really, really, really awesome. This, yeah. this is, go ahead. I'm sorry, Joe. No, 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 you got it. It's your podcast. You got it. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say, we're not even two questions into this, and I think you've jumped into the top three most interesting guests we've ever had on this podcast. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, man, that's fantastic. Yeah. A lot of that stuff comes because I like I meditate every single day for like an hour. Um, like it's a consistent thing for me at this point. So, just being in tune and aware and being a part of life like that's important you know like a lot of people live but they're not living you know but it's, it's easy to be alive we all have that down but can you be in the moment can you appreciate everything and that's why the, the the first book i told you about like the writing things down like for me this is how i personally feel if i can go 24 hours and not write down four to five pages in that book i wasn't living i wasn't being a part of my day i wasn't listening to my conversations i was having with people i'm saying like there's always something happening you know but we take that for granted because like i don't know like i don't know like i think honestly just trying to be in tune with everything that's going on in your environment i think that's that's fantastic especially trying to learn from learn or take something away from everything that happens and being in tune with your surroundings i think that's i think that's something that we can all learn from especially you know that that's kind of a great answer to I think the prototypical when I was your age, what I would say all the time is I'm bored or not when I got to college, but when I was in high school, it would be I'm bored. There's nothing to do. Um, and it's kind of crazy to think that if you go through an entire day and not be in touch, the whole day just leaves you. And if you didn't take anything away from the day, it's a waste of day. Yeah. And for me, it makes it easier to go into tomorrow. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like when I like finish writing at night and I sleep, like, yesterday's gone you know what i'm saying like any problem i had anything i was thinking about for that day it's gone like like whenever i say like goodbye to people i i usually say like see you in the next life because like for me that means like every day is like a fresh start at life you know so that's kind of what that symbolizes for me well i'm i'm excited to learn to to learn more about everything else going on but we got to talk a lot we got to talk a little basketball Grayson, 
give us the four one one and everything going on with uh, with Joe and his recruitment. So, Joe, besides Virginia Tech, you had offers from Northwestern, the University of Florida, Georgia Tech, Kansas State, schools like that. So I know you have previously stated that the coaching staff was a huge influence on your college decision. That said, what is your relationship like with your primary recruiters, Coach Webster and Coach Frazier? <laughs> um, it's pretty good. Like, anytime I see him, Webby's funny. He's just a funny guy. Um, Fraser is too. Fraser is super competitive, but with them, it's very like, very cordial. Like, I, I really appreciate how like, across the entire staff, with these two specifically, like they really treat me as like a person first. You know, like I think it's really easy for a college coach to look at a guy and be like, "You're here to do this," but no, like, there's genuine like care to make sure I'm being the best person I can be. There's genuine, like, how is your day, this and this and that, things like that. And then, like, on the court, I'm really big on making sure, like, I know what I'm, I'm doing, like, right and wrong. So I've already voiced that to them. So whenever I ask for advice or I'm like, we need, I, I think I need to work on this, or they tell me you need to work on this, they're really quick to, like, um, give me that information. But for the most part, they're super, like, I just like how they are as people, you know what I'm saying? Like, type of people you would invite I don't know, to do something random with, like, go to putt-putt. Like, I could do that with them. So aside from the relationships that you've driven with uh, the coaching staff, that is obviously there and a huge reason you're at Virginia Tech. Speaking about Coach Mike Young's system uh, on the court, what is it that, about his system that led you to believe, I can really succeed in his system, and I think we can be really good uh, moving forward? First of all, his systems like at Wofford and even a little bit last year. I think the personnel might have been a little bit off last year, but obviously a lot of threes, they're going up. You know what I'm saying? And he gives guys confidence. He's a player's first coach where you can tell like some coaches, it's about them. You know what I'm saying? But for him, he he cares about the players. And that's why like, like last year after every, every game there's a press conference, I watched every single one. No matter if they won or lost by – 20 there's no pointing fingers at this player should have done this or we should have done that it was always collective and then he would always say and as a coaching staff we could have made adjustments and things like that so I really appreciate that but then on the court back to what I was saying in terms of um, like where shots come from obviously as someone who is uh, a scorer and then as well as that like um, I'm, I'm, I'm a slasher as well having four three four other guys on the floor who can shoot and space the floor that's only going to allow things to be easier for me, you know. And I think uh, also coming in a situation where, you know, last year might have not been the best year, I think it, it'll be good from a competitive standpoint to try to uplift guys and just by working hard and, you know, just making guys believe that, like, nah, we're not, we're not 16 games good. We can win more than that. You know what I'm saying? And I know I'm just – I'm obviously a freshman, but I think um, – I think I can play a big impact on that, you know, in terms of being just being consistent in the gym like I've been and, you know, like on the court being together as a unit. So assuming the 2020-2021 college basketball season happens, what – no offense, by the way. It's just the world is in a weird place right now. What excites you the most about your freshman year on the court? Um – this is going to be bad. Like, a lot of people hate this answer, but I'm not the type to get excited for anything. 
Um, if I'm excited for a game, it's literally like seconds before the game starts. And I, I don't feel it until then. Um, just because like back to our hole in the moment thing, there's like so many things that can happen between now and playing our first game that I don't even let myself think beyond like two hours from now, you know? It, it, I was going to say it's on brand with everything that you've told us so far. So that's a testament. And I guess the, the other question that I have regarding kind of, we talked about the first two components of your recruitment, uh, the relationships and the system. What about Blacksburg and the entire New River Valley led you to wanting to spend your college experience in, uh, in Blacksburg? Being able to, I got to tell you, I am jealous of longboarding in the, uh, in the Blacksburg air. I do miss, I do miss that aspect. Not the longboarding. I, I'm not athletic enough to do that. You, you just got to find the right hill. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I would say, uh, first of all, like I was committed to Northwestern originally, but the big reason why I wanted to come home is like my parents have done so much for me. That it's like the least I could do is like be close enough to let them watch a college basketball game that I play. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I feel like it's for me, that's really good to know that like because I like being alone sometimes. I like getting away sometimes. It's really cool for me to know that like if I want to go home, like, now, I could be there and back tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like that. And then also, like, I'm a, I'm more from a, like, suburban area. So I had to make sure it's Chesterfield, not Richmond, because, like, Chesterfield's suburban, and this is this is similar. A little more mountain rangy, but, you know, it's basically the same vibe. And I think, for me, like, being in an environment that's similar to an environment I was back at home, in my opinion, will help me adjust because it'll be less of an adjustment, if that makes sense. No, it def definitely makes sense. With the world being in its current state, obviously, I'm a big Celtics fan. Curious as to what team you're rooting for and uh, how much you've been following the NBA restart. Damn. Um, so, personally, um, I really want – okay, if, if, if I want to see the Clippers and the Lakers play. Okay. And I want the Clippers – to beat the Lakers if they play. But okay. if that doesn't happen, I want the Houston Rockets to win the NBA championship. This is a lot of thinking ahead, Joe. I got to say, it's all a little off-brand here. There's yeah, a lot of, lot of forecasting man. going on here. <laughs> and for me, it's not forecasting. Like For me, it's like I think the Clippers are better. Okay. But then also, like the reason why I want Houston to win is not because I think they're better than any team. But like out of everyone in the NBA, like James Harden deserves an NBA championship. Because the only team he was losing to, for real, in the last three or four years was the Warriors. And how can you blame that guy for not having a championship? And, like, from being a person, obviously I have a pretty score-first mentality as a player. Like, I don't like how he's, like, slandered sometimes for not being a winner. When you're losing to, like, the best team ever, like, how can you blame a guy like that? So, well, you can I make think the same argument for the Blazers, could you not? The Blazers. <laughs> Blazers Blazers were in the Western Conference Finals last year. They, they, they lost to the Warriors. I don't think they've ever won, like, a single game against the Warriors. James Harden has won, like, in each series he's played against them. It's gone six or seven games. You could argue they should have won two years ago. Yeah, but Chris Paul got hurt. That is true. You're making a good point. So, so are you, would you consider yourself a Rockets fan, or is this more so just your uh, – your comparison with with James Harden and how he's kind of been slighted in the eyes of of the NBA media. Um, 
I wouldn't say I'm a Rockets fan. That being said, I do watch every Rockets game. I also watch like every Clippers game, almost every Celtics game, and every um, Atlanta Hawks game. Why those three teams? Uh, they have a lot of people who do a lot of the things I do, and they do them differently across those teams. You know, okay. so I, I like to to watch. You know what I'm saying? Like. Because you, you never know where you're going to be, you know, like going forward. Like, let's say I do get to that level by the grace of God. Um, what if I am in a situation where I'm not like to watch James Harden is not why I watch them. It's to watch the guys who play with him. Because if they, if they score 130 points and he only has 40, like they have to be scoring in other facets. And if I'm in a situation where I am a corner three guy, how else am I going to be effective? You know what I'm saying? If I'm on, like, if I were to be in a situation where there are other wings who can score well, like the Celtics, you know what I'm saying? Like, how are they having three guys average 19 plus and then a point guard average 20? And then you watch the Clippers, no point guard, and it's basically all combo guards, you know what I'm saying? How are they effective in that scenario? And then for the Atlanta Hawks, like, this might be the only team where, like, I specifically watch the Atlanta Hawks to see how Trey Young's effective because I think it's like at this point in his career, I think it's really cool to see like someone who's underweight and under hided. How are they scoring the basketball? You know and I'm saying, and if like learning that stuff and adding that to some, like myself, because I'm not under hided or underweight, I think would ultimately like make me like a more effective basketball player. But that being said, like he's also in a situation where his green light is crazy, which is why I'm like, I watch less of him than I do those other three teams. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about that, and that's a great way to look at it. Uh, I never really kind of thought about it that way until I'm a huge Bill Simmons fan, and he he always breaks down games based upon, hey, you're playing, you know, the Rockets, and you need to score 130 points. Where are those extra 12 or 13 points going to come from? And yeah. kind of breaking down how you're going to – you know, get to that number that you need to get to to beat whoever. Um, people don't really think about basketball in that facet. Um, but basketball aside, want to talk a little bit about uh, your rapping career. So, oh, don't say rap. I don't. Oh, okay. Music, right. well, music musical career. career. I apologize. Your musical. You know why career. people say? You know why people say rap? Tell me why. If I was a white kid, no one would ever say I'm a rapper. I don't know about that. I know a couple <laughs> white guys that are rappers. Shout out to Jack my, music, my, my music has nothing to do with. Like, if you listen to my my music, you would never think like this guy's a rapper. Okay, sing. so tell us what so tell us about it. Shine a light on it. Um, I sing um a little bit now. Could I go on America's Got Talent? No, but can I sing in my room by myself and get in my bag? Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> how, but, do you, um, how do you first? How do you how do you pronounce the how do you pronounce the name? Uh, it's pronounced Felicity. Felicity. Okay. Like, so Felicity, tell like, like imagine it was spelled like F W E L L S Y. Well, let's see. Well, yeah, okay. Like okay. So tell us so, a little bit about it. How did that, how did that name come to be? Where, where did that come from? <laughs> I wrote down Joseph Bannister on a piece of paper, looked at it for five seconds, put the letters I went down, and the name was made. Wow. <laughs> so you looked at your name and you put down letters that you wanted to have in the name, and it just, it just came to you like that? Yeah, so, like, I didn't, like, write down, like, oh, P. I literally, like, looked at my name, 
And like after about five to 10 seconds of looking at it, just the name was constructed in my head and the meaning for it was constructed very quickly. I see the, the L-I-S-I, I get Joe Bamasil. I see where that and comes from. P-H-O I, is from Joseph. And then- Got the, it. Because that's backwards of my name because music would be a different side of myself because I'm, a, I'm seen as like a basketball player. Right, then, right, right. I put the U in the middle to connect both of my first and last name because without you, the listener, there would be no artist because if no one were to listen to your music. This guy. You know this saying? guy. <laughs> so, so Joe, Joe, it's funny. It's funny you just said what you just said because we had that written down. You have said that. You say that. Without you, the listener, I wouldn't be the artist. A, what does that mean? And B, how do you plan on taking that mindset to the basketball court? Um, so that means like, so for a long time, like from 12 to 17, like early seven, cause I started releasing music when I was 17. So early 17 years old, I was making music that only I was listening to. You know what I'm saying? And that's where like, the you was important for me because now the music I'm releasing isn't really for me anymore, if that makes sense. Well, a little bit of it was because I wanted the confidence to know I was, like now I can tell someone I make music and I'm not scared to like show them like, yo, this is what I make, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But for from 12 to 17, basically five years, that's what it was. It was a bunch of like, this is for me. So now it's like, now I'm getting the chance to share something for me with you. And, you know, and I think that's that's super important because at the end of the day, like, if it was just about me, I don't have to show anyone my music. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not that important of a human being that what I create has to be shared into the world. So that's why I really think it's it's really important for me to, like, in my songs, kind of, like, share what's going on with me either from a mental perspective or even in my production, like, produce a beat that invokes a feeling for the for the listener, you know, whoever that is. So I guess the follow-up to that would be, I'm curious, what hurdles or what did you come to where you went from, I'm creating this music, I don't necessarily, for whatever reason, feel comfortable with sharing it. What bridged the gap between that? Was it you felt more confident in your ability to do so? Was it more so you became happy with what you were producing? What led from this, I'm creating this for me, to now I want to share it with everybody else? (laughs) My mom forced me to put some songs on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Mama Bamasil. And um <laughs> and after I started releasing some songs, like show people at school, um, people were like, yo, this is kinda good. And I was like, Oh, you mean that? And then uh <laughs> and then like what I would do, I had like I would do this like periodically. I'd be in places and I would play music and no one would know it's me, it's me. I'm just playing music. And people would be like vibing to it. So I walk away from that, like, cool. Like I, that was a test to see if people right. would actually listen to this music. And I kind of passed the test. So like since then, um, I've actually released a lot more music online, but I've actually taken a lot off just because of marketing reasons. Like I've learned how to market my music a little bit better. But um, yeah, um, I think I answered your question, but my mind went blank for two seconds. No, yeah, I was just from, so essentially the the gap that was bridged was you just wanted to know that 
mom, mom and Babs obviously played a huge part, but then you kind of socially tested it to see if people liked it and you got the response that you were expecting and uh, yeah. did what you wanted to give you that final push. And I think the biggest thing was finding my sound because like three years ago when I was like 15 or 16, I would easily tell you, yes, I am a rapper. But like from then to now, a lot has evolved. Because like for me, it was like, being able to make music by myself, you really get to test like, how does my voice sound here? Mm -hmm. How does my voice sound there? How does it sound on this production? You know? And the biggest reason why it took me a long time to find like the sound that I think was cool for me is because like primarily first I'm a producer. Like I've been producing music since I was 11 or 12. And um, so it was bothering me that sometimes I would produce a song put my voice on it and I hated the song, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I really wanted to get to a point where from scratch to finish with words on it, I enjoy what I was hearing. And that took five, almost six years. But think about where you are now, like, you know, and ap apologies for not, for not getting the, the genre or the category correct, but you come from a point where you know, you necessarily were making the music only for yourself to now you've carved out a spot where you have a very defined understanding of what you're producing, what you're striving to get and the confidence to share it amongst everyone else. So I think that's just a testament to the journey that you've been on and the success that you've seen. So I definitely tip my, it's not easy to take nothing and turn it into something. And just like me, Grayson and Pat were talking about this before, if you went back and listen to our first podcast or the first podcast that we never even published. You're like, there's no way that we can put this out. And, you know, you just get better with rep after rep after rep and come to believe in your abilities to do what you love to do. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like a lot of people don't do things because they just never start, you know, like obviously you can't make music if you never make music. Obviously you can't have a good podcast if you don't start with doing yep. podcasts. You know what I'm saying? So I guess, who were some of your biggest musical influences? Um, all, most of them are indie artists. Like it's this guy named Aries. He blends um, indie rock with hip hop. Still Woozy, primarily a pop artist. A guy named Eden. He's an electro pop artist as well. Um, hip hop, I would say Drake and uh, a guy like Young Thug. Because they're very diverse. Like, as much as they do make hip-hop music, they can also get on, like, whatever song they want and do anything. Um, I was about to say, very versatile. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, those are my main, like, people that have influenced my music. Um, and all of them, I've taken things from, like, differently. Like, the first three artists I mentioned were very much so, like, production-based because those guys as well produce their own music and, and sing on top of it or depending on what you would say it might be it could be seen as rap depending on the context in which you're listening to it but that's what i took from them and then the drake and young thug thing is just because growing up those are my favorite two artists so like i would really think it's impossible for me to listen to those two people and not accidentally you know do some things like them in my music so earlier today, before we, we press record, I checked out your day drive music video. Just dry, <laughs> I'm being so serious. Just popped off on YouTube, July 17th. Uh, tell us about your new song, man. It's dope. 
day drive yeah um so i made that song last year in august actually last august august september it's either late august or early september and so you've been sitting on it for a while dang yeah the the really the way i release music is so weird like like that song i literally kind of forgot i made it and listened to it and i was like yo this is kind of good and then i reproduced it like so it sounds a little different than how it sounded like three months ago, but I reproduced it to sound better. And I was like, cool. And the reason why I do that before I answer your question is because like, there's only a couple of songs out currently that as soon as it's done, I'll be like, all right, I'm releasing this in a month because I think it's that good. For the most part, when you make a song, your ears get numb sometimes to the production. So you can't always like, hear the mistakes because you've been listening to the same song over and over for the past six hours you know what i'm saying so a lot of the times i like go back to songs i think are pretty good and reproduce them not reproduce them but mix and master them a little bit better and then i'll be like all right i'm releasing this in a couple weeks and then depending on like um how i want to market it will also depend on when i want to release it but back to day drive the reason why I sat on that one for a long time is partly because of what, what I just said. And then also, um, uh, I had planned on releasing a lot of songs before it that just never got released. So then when I finally decided to release it, I was like, all right, I'm going to make sure I release it with a music video because it's fun. <laughs> and then... Um, but the context of the lyrics is actually kind of cool. Like, this is why I appreciate Day Drive a lot. It's one of my favorite songs from a mental spot because we made that song. Like, me and my friend, we were in the car, right? He was like, Joe, you can make music, right? I'm like, yeah. So I, I bust out my computer, and I make the entire song in his car, like, start to finish. Like, produced it, figured out the words, saying it when I got back home granted I re-recorded the lyrics just so I was in like a better like so the microphone was better for the vocals but then so that's why the song is called day drive because it was literally made in a car during a day drive on the way to watch one of our other friends play rugby and then the following year like the white kid in the video who was on the scooter that's who I was in the car with when I made the song so yeah yeah so a year later we were like dude we should make a music video and it was so casual like i was about to go home and i was like you know what bet so we just found random things in my car and i happened to have two longboards and he had a scooter and like we got his two sisters to just record us like sing dance and ride our like longboards for like 30 minutes and then i went home and like chopped up the video and made it how i liked it you produced the video as well yeah yeah i did that as well I was I was gonna ask you: Are you familiar with the the musical group Air, A E R at all? You ever heard "Floats My Boat"? I, I was watching the Day Drive music video, and all I could think to myself was, "Oh my gosh! Like this makes me think of the Floats My Boat music video." Just kind of the premise of just in the burbs, longboards, just kind of just being outside in the summertime. I thought it was so sick. So I was I was just curious if you had ever heard. Uh, anything by air or seen any of their music videos. Nah. I'm going to check it out after this, though, for sure. 
Yeah. Is there anything that it sounds like it was kind of just spur in the moment or was there kind of a vision that you were looking to go with or was it really just, Hey, like we're here right now, let's film this and chop it up. Yeah. It was very spur of the moment. Like, cause we've, we just finished watching YouTube videos. There's this YouTube channel named Nelk. I don't know if y'all know who that is. The Nelk boys. Yes, sir. <laughs> first, first time I ever watched one of their YouTube videos and we were outside and I was like, it'd be kind of dope to just, do some random stuff and I, I don't have my life is not interesting enough to vlog but it is interesting enough to like put it to one of my songs so I was like bet we'll do that and like literally like within five minutes of having the idea the video began rolling you know so I think that was pretty it was, it was really fun you know I know Nelk inspired that a little bit that is awesome <laughs> full send yeah and then like another I have a song releasing in like less than a month like september 4th that song it's actually interesting like i i like left blacksbury like a week ago right went to my house recorded the song like i didn't i didn't like have it planned or anything i got in my room produced the song recorded the lyrics and then drove back to blacksbury and um my brother my, my oldest brother michael um he signs off on everything so like mm, i don't really like this i don't ever release that song really because I, I care about his musical opinion more than I should, but I do. Um, so a song like that is getting released in a month after its production. And like the video for that one, it's, it's kind of short, but it's like just a bunch of random clips of things I did um, put together to like make sense, at least in my head, like they kind of tell a story. So uh, if you're on YouTube, you should also check that out on September fourth. I saw. So, I saw you had set a premiere. The yeah, the, mu yeah. the music videos drop. Okay. Yeah. So so that my question then is so since it's, it's dropping September fourth, everything's done. The video is made. The song is produced. Everything is finished. Yeah. What what made you settle on September fourth for the drop? Um. So everything all depends on one the amount of streams i'm getting on my other songs across all platforms and two like if i want if i'm gonna do paid marketing uh or affiliate like i need to make sure i have enough money to market the song if that makes sense so like my last two songs like i dropped a song in june that's at like 220k or something like that on spotify and then day drive on spotify is that like 89k but across on across all platforms it's already above 100k and for that i wanted to make sure that like versus like stop and wait three months to release a song i'm like wow two songs in like a month have almost got above have both gotten basically 400k streams across all platforms so it's like why wouldn't i release another song right right now right know? and potentially like see how this one does so like the worse the song performs, kind of, the longer I wait till the next song is released. You know? Gotcha. Because it's kind of like, I don't know, like when you're a kid and you're eating cookies, like, if the kid doesn't like a cookie, you wouldn't give him another cookie. You know what I'm right. saying? You got, you got to go figure out what he wants to eat. You know what I'm saying? You got to so, ride the wave. Yeah. So it's like, all right, they just ate that cookie. Damn, they just ate that cookie too. You know, so then you give them another cookie, you might throw some icing on it, and I think this one has a little bit of icing on it. You know what I'm okay. We we're going to save the plug for the end. Where can we, where, where can everybody find your music videos and, and subscribe to you on Spotify? 
Um, yeah, yeah. So on Spotify, Fallacy, Apple Music, Fallacy, YouTube, Fallacy, basically anywhere, Fallacy, and it's spelled P H O U E L I S I, and um, basically the music's everywhere. Um, I use a distributor. It's pretty, pretty, pretty straightforward. You click upload, and your music goes basically anywhere. Music can be uploaded. So as long as people have internet whether it's YouTube or like a legit like streaming platform like uh, Spotify or Apple Music, it's on there. But I'm not on SoundCloud. And let me tell you why. Because I used to be on SoundCloud. And I would tell people, hey, yeah, my music's on SoundCloud. And they'd be like, oh, are you some rapper or something? And it would yeah, hurt there's my a ne- heart. There's a negative connota- <laughs> there is a negative connotation with being a, sound- a SoundCloud. I-, I, can- I can attest. They're like, are you a SoundCloud rapper? I'm like, dude, man, give me a chance. <laughs> now. Put some respect on my name. I mean, so, yeah, that was all I was going to say. I don't know why I said it, man. You got it. So moving on, on along here to Rapid Fire. Rapid Fire is brought to you by the Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry. All of your dentist needs, 50% off of teeth bleachings. Just go on in, tell them the Sons of Saturday sent you. Shout out to the Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry. We're going to roll into some rapid fire here. Grayson, kick us off. Favorite high school basketball memory? <laughs> um, dang, it's a tie. Can I, get, can I have a tie? Of course. This is your, okay. this is your segment. The first, the first one, I had um, 51 points on the team, right? And I had 24 in the third quarter. We were down to like 15. And the other team opposing crowd started saying overrated. And I had it was 24 minus, 51 minus 24, uh, 27. So I had 27. That was quick math, by the way. That, that was quick. That was I, quick. Had, I had 27 in one quarter, and we won by, like, three points or something like that. And um, at the end of the game, I was, like, waving to the crowd. Who were you playing? You um, got to tell us who you were playing. This team called Powhatan. They, they weren't even that good. We shouldn't have been down in the first place. But 27 in one quarter is still 27 in one quarter. That's and true. then um, – LC Bird was another team. We played them earlier in the year, and we I had um, like 20, 21 points. Granted, I shot like one for nine from three, and we lost by 20, right? And in that game, this dude went up for a dunk, and I'm behind him, right? And he, he makes the dunk, and then I'm still coming in behind him, hit my head on the backboard, and right in that moment, a picture's taken, and – People jacket as if I got dunked on. And then I hit the floor and another picture's taken with the whole crowd coming down and um and the team, like the other team like clapping in my face while I'm on the ground. And we lose that game by twenty and I have to live with that for like a month and a half or something. I show they show up to our house, uh Monican for our one of our home games and I see a picture of myself on people's shirt, like getting sold i'm like what and like crowds of people have it and then earlier in the day people are like yeah we're not gonna come to uh the lc bird game because y'all got beat by 20 last time and then last time too they said oh we, we locked up joe bamison i'm like dude i had 21 in a bad game like what how is that getting locked up so then when we play them at home i hit seven threes in the first quarter went up by 20 and ended the game with like 43 and the entire game I missed two times that was a that was a great 
That might be better than the first one I mentioned, but 50 is more than 40, so that's why I had to mention it. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Retribution. Favorite song? Um, Cheerio. That's the song coming out on September 4th by me. Um, currently my favorite song. Favorite dining hall? West End is gas. Thank you. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that, is the only, that is the only right answer. I don't know. Like, I, thought, I thought... Owens, Owens was open for the longest. West End just opened this week. I haven't been back to Owens since. You know what I'm saying? Like, West End is ridiculously good. You're also close. It's right there. What is it? You know, Right. It's like a 10 yards? Come on. I was about to say, you're always partial to the dining hall that you're the closest to. I lived in Oshag my That's freshman cool. year, and so Owens was right next door. So it was hop, skip, and a jump. I'm eating chicken parm in five minutes. <laughs> wait, wait, but – Owens has this one Korean place. Like, overall, West End's better. But That's a fact. Owens has this one Korean spot that I get um, rice, yum yum sauce, teriyaki, beef, extra chicken, Korean barbecue, eggs, and I mix it all together. That's the best thing on campus. You know, so, like, I'm not even being partial here. The, the best, like, food, like, if I had to pick a food, like, I'm about to die – and I had to eat something on campus, I'm going to Owens and getting that bowl. But if I had to, like, spend a day in one of them, you're, I'm going to Okay. I'm, I, I, I get what you're saying. I see. They redid Owens right after Bill and I graduated. So it I looks don't know. nice. Yeah, yeah it's real Owens, nice. Owens used to look horrible, at least from a visual standpoint. But, yeah, it they was, completely redid it. <laughs> stuck in the early 2000s, late 90s. Like, the, the, the cloud painting mm-hmm. on the ceiling. You know what, what I'm talking doing? about, Bill. Yeah, yeah but I know now, what you're talking about. I've heard Owens is swank now. But, anyway, favorite <laughs> restaurant not on campus in Blacksburg? Uh, okay, this is going to have to win. And it's not even because, like, I wouldn't go to this place for regular food probably ever. Like maybe for breakfast, but I wouldn't go more than once a week or maybe once every couple of weeks. But Hello Bagel, oh my God. They have the best, the best crumb cake I've ever had. And like currently like, I have a jar of it. Like I, I, got, I get a whole pan and cut it up and put it in a jar. That's how good it is. I get this weekly. Like their crumb cake is so good. And that wow. place, because I go so often, even though I don't usually get food there, I just get the crumb cake. It, it's it's number one because of how frequent I am there. I'll have to try. I've never had their crumb cake, and I I, I don't think we will ever get Hello Bagel as a um, as a favorite restaurant in Blacksburg. So that is that. Wow. All right, Hello Bagel. <laughs> Gotta try the crumb cake. I will try it next time I'm in town. It's so good. So good. I'll give it a try. I'll, I'll take your word for it. I'll, I'll get back to you on when I try it. Are you one of those people who like drinking milk or not? I love drinking milk. Cool. Milk is you gotta put, You got to put the crumb cake in the microwave. 30 seconds. Boom. As soon as it's done, take it out. Start chopping immediately. Have your cold, nice little glass of milk. Every bite just. Are you a whole, are you a whole, are you a whole milk guy? Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's no other way to do it. Yeah, two percent. I gotta do it. I'm on a diet. No <laughs> way. No Your bones way. are probably weak. No, I, 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 I've drank milk my entire life. So many of my friends give me so much crap about it. I will drink milk to the day I die. So. Well, here's the thing. That's the one other thing. People get this messed up. D two from a milk perspective has oh. fantastic milk. I don't know if you've been there. Yeah, Joe, but they have uh, – it's it's right from, like, Blacksburg Cows, is it not? They got the Homestead, chocolate – Homestead, Homestead Creamery. Creamery. They got – the chocolate milk tastes like melted chocolate ice cream. 
So True. this this might push y'all beyond anything you've ever heard. But like, do y'all like Fruit Loops by chance? Yeah, I do I like Fruit Loops? Okay. Like- Next question. I've been doing this since I was a kid. I will not eat Fruit Loops any other way. You put the Fruit Loops down first, and the milk, obviously, because regular human beings put the cereal down That's how you first. Do it. And then you pop it in the microwave for two minutes. Oh! You take it out. It is so good. It's basically like, imagine if ice cream could be hot in the form of cereal. It's like Fruit Loops oatmeal. That's huh. even better description. Fruit I gotta Loops try. Oatmeal. I gotta try that too. Do you have any other weird food things that you'd like to share? I mean, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try these. So we got anything else that you do that's you know weird off the um, reservation. I don't usually eat anything unless it's mixed with other things. Like some people like to only have like portions of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm eating anything, I need like all like mixed together. Okay. Um, so like bar, so like barbecue, if you're getting it, the, the corn's getting mixed with like the, uh, with the, with the ribs is getting mixed with the mashed potatoes is getting mixed. Okay. I know what you're speaking, saying. Speaking of barbecue, I will not eat mac and cheese unless barbecue sauce is on it. I agree with that take. Sweet baby so rays on your sweet baby rays on, uh, on mac and cheese is fantastic. And then I usually cut up like fried fish into it and mix it all into one. So good. Wow, Joe, we're learning. We're learning a lot today. <laughs> so, what is uh, what is your favorite thing to do in Chesterfield? Chester, like my hometown. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a home guy, so I would say uh, be at home. Okay. <laughs> okay. <at> home. <laughs> favorite NBA player, I'm gonna guess, is James Harden. No. Oh. I don't have a favorite NBA player. Okay. All right. What I about- will potentially when I get to the NBA. But until then, I'm just a, a bystander. That okay. Watches. Just a bystander. And then the all-important question, Jordan, Kobe, or LeBron, and why? Ooh. Okay. This is none of those people. Kevin Durant. Let me, let me say this. <laughs> if you were to put Kevin oh. Durant in a, in, in a vacuum, right? Take away championships and just look at these players for players. You know what I'm saying? Kevin Durant is seven foot one, can shoot he shoots fifty percent from the field, almost forty percent from three. No one can interrupt his offensive game. And on top of that, he, he's good at defense as well. Like he, he was in contention for defense player of the year, like I'm gonna say two years ago now. Why wouldn't that guy be the best player ever? Like so Michael Jordan's so you're looking at best player more so from a standpoint if if you were like picking one player to go one-on-one against everybody that is that's who you think would win the one-on-one championship essentially i look at i look at the package like outside of accolades you know what i'm saying okay yeah no i hear what you're saying so if if like when college coaches are determining like who's going to start you think they care about what you were ranked in high school or how many state championships you won. No, it's like who's killing who in practice. You know what I'm saying? And I think if you were to put if you were to put all the all-time greats in the same room, obviously Kevin Durant would be there. And Kevin Durant was to be hooping, who would stop him? No one. It's impossible. He's seven he's a seven foot one guard. But does that make but does that make him the best basketball player? I guess player and career, you're separate. You're putting more. You're putting more stock, not rightly or wrongly. You're putting more stock into his bot, his actual body of work, not his accolades. Yeah. So, terms, like, okay. I think obviously Michael Jordan has had the best career. Like he won six championships. 
you know, he never lost the finals. However, people never mentioned all the times he missed the finals, which LeBron never really has missed the finals. But I would say, like, if you're just looking at, like, accomplishments, like, obviously Jordan has the best accomplished career ever. But if you're looking at skill and just what that player does on the court and, like, what it looks like and how they do it and everything that's in their bag, for me, I got I got to give that to KD. So that would be so. Then I guess my next question would be, how far? What is your top? You must have a very atypical, very different top three then, because you know if you're talking about skill sets, you got Kobe Bryant, you got you know if you're removing you know accomplishments, Carmelo Anthony is one of the most polished offensive players of all time. I'm curious who your top three is. Well, the reason why like Carmelo couldn't be in there is because like from a I was watching this YouTube video. I'm a big YouTube guy, but his uh um his player efficiency doesn't make sense like he has the efficiency of someone who's like a sixth or seventh man off the bench but because for a long time he was like the go-to guy his right. like amount of points he was scoring was overshadowing that efficiency yeah you know so i think i think the biggest reason why he's not he wouldn't even be in my top 10 maybe even top 15 or 20 is because of how like he's just not an efficient player. Is he a good okay. player? Yes. Is he greater yeah. than a lot of people who've been in the league? Yes. But I think he was in a situation early that allowed his true game to be overlooked. But I would say top three for me, the um, Kevin Durant, obviously. Um, I've never been past one, to be honest. Uh, Shaq. Kobe. Oh, yeah, Shaq is unstoppable, too. Mm-hmm. Shaq is definitely top five. I don't know where in the top five Shaq would be, but he would be in there. Um, who else? I don't know. Uh, Allen Iverson. Oh, yeah, Allen Iverson, too, because basically what I just said, like, yeah, so those three, Kevin Durant. I'm going to give you a top five in no particular order except Kevin Durant is number one. There's a huge fly in here. I'm scared for my life. But Kevin Durant, number one. And then past that, we have Shaq, AI, probably Tracy McGrady. Uh, and oh Come on. What, Tracy McGrady and Allen Iverson in a list that LeBron and Kevin uh, – that LeBron, Michael Jordan, and Kobe Bryant are not on. Oh, man. I completely forgot about them. <laughs> I will say, as far as your as far as your number one though, the, I I like the way that you're looking at it. It's a very it's a different way to look at it. But I, I, I just feel like I, I can't. I feel like I can't say like Kobe Bryant and Tracy McGrady because they were like in the same era and roughly played the same position. So it's like, how can you put two people who are so much the same in the same kind of era in the same top five? You know, I put LeBron in there and. I'll round up with Jordan. But. If you want to talk about skill set, I mean, it's hard. You know, people people get upset when I say this, but it, it's a lot of people try to do the Kobe LeBron thing when in reality we should be doing the Kobe Tim Duncan thing because Tim Duncan, from a skill set perspective, does not get the love and the uh, admiration that he deserves. But that's a whole nother conversation. You look like you're rolling your eyes a little bit at that. Yeah, that's. I want to continue. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll move right along here to Letters from the Lunch Pail. This is presented by Sharky's Wing and Rib Joint right in Blacksburg. We got the BOGO Burger Mondays. We got Trivia Tuesdays, Bingo Wednesdays. Please wear your mask, be safe, socially distance, but enjoy yourself. 
a glass of whatever you'd like to drink out of a Sons of Saturday glass. And uh, check out Sharky's. We love Sharky's. Joe, have you been to Sharky's? <laughs> yeah, I've been to Sharky's, actually. What's your favorite wing flavor? Uh, I'm a barbecue guy. Barbecue guy. We got. We yeah. go with the blue. You go with the uh, blue cheese ranch. What? What is your? What is your sauce of choice? Extra barbecue. Extra barbecue. Okay. But you dip the barbecue in extra barbecue. So okay. then, after you bite off the skin and you see the white meat, you can dip the white meat into the barbecue. Gotcha. Now, granted, you cannot share with people because to do this, you have to double dip. And I will not lie to you. When I eat wings specifically, I double dip. Okay. As long as you got your own sauce, that's not a problem. Yeah. Okay. Grayson, kick us off here. So the first letter from the lunch pail comes from our boy J.J. Singleton. Shout out to J.J. Great hokey haiku earlier today, by the way. What is your favorite basketball movie? Uh, I think one of the only – I've only ever seen, like, a couple. Like, um, What's the one with the kid who puts on the shoes and becomes, like, a bucket? Like, like, Mike. like Mike. <laughs> I've seen that in Uncle Drew, but other than that, I've never seen a basketball movie, so I don't really have anything else to compare it to. Um, so we'll go with Like Mike. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Like Mike's cool. Sure. Andy Bird, when did you realize your love for basketball? Um, I would say um, when I was a kid, I loved it. At this point, I wouldn't say I love it as much as I have a, a passion for it, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, like – I definitely give my all in basketball, and I try my best every single day. But I think, I think love, in, in the sense of loving something that is cannot love you back. If basketball were to end right now, I would be fine. I I would still be a happy person. Now at this point, I'm passionate about it because I still want to achieve goals in basketball, and I still have things beyond who I am as a person now that could be applicable if basketball works out the way I wanted it to potentially in my mind. But, you know, like, uh, I don't really, I wouldn't say I'm this guy who's like in love with basketball, but I do really enjoy playing it. I do enjoy giving my best effort. But I think loving something that can't love you back is a waste of mental space. Gotcha. What, uh, what about who is your favorite coach growing up and why? <laughs> um, dude named uh, Coach Spellsberg, Monikin, head coach, favorite coach ever. I can text him anytime. I love that guy. He's just a good dude. So Hokie Oriole asks, who's the funniest player on the team? And by the way, welcome to Hokie Nation. Uh, appreciate that. Um, and – <laughs> let's see I don't know it honestly just depends on the day we got some weirdos on the team I'm not weirdos we got some funny guys on the team um, Jalen's pretty funny Hunter's pretty funny they're like the same level as funny though and then the other freshman David um, Gaston he don't pronounce the N he told me that David Gaston he's super funny because he has an accent so anything he says is beyond funny just because of his accent <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would say like I'll give you a top three. None, none of them are like specifically higher than the other. 
So what about what is your favorite sport to play or watch besides basketball? You mentioned going to watch some rugby. I I have never seen rugby played before. So curious, is there is there another sport that you like to watch? Uh, or play? I actually I actually hate watching sports. Like if I didn't play basketball, I don't think I would ever watch a sport ever again. Um, but uh, I went to watch a rugby game because my uh, athletic trainer, he's my lifting coach back home, he's my personal lifting coach. He played rugby and he asked he asked us to come. So I was like, cool, I'm coming. But, like, outside of, like, watching film for, like, personal reasons to make sure I'm being a better basketball player, sure. like, I can't watch basketball passively. And watching sports isn't entertaining to me at all. It's boring, actually. Okay. What is, what is entertaining to you, then? If you're not watching sports, do you have a show that you watch or anything like that? I like watching uh, anime. Um, anime is a great watch. Uh, and then, like... I'm talking like real life shows. I don't know. Like most of the time, like I'm not in a relationship right now, but sometimes I'll get in a relationship and just watch whatever my girlfriend's watching just so we have something to talk about. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and then last but not least, obviously give everyone the opportunity for shout outs. So this is your opportunity to plug your social media, plug anything. You've already plugged your music. So everyone be sure to check that out. Um, just uh, any shout outs from you. Uh, nah, just, just live life, man. I know, shout outs. Just really enjoy being able to, like, do things, even the small things. Like, anyone who's watching this, next time you brush your teeth, really feel the bristles interact with your teeth. Like, don't take for granted that you can feel that, because that, that stuff is cool, you know? But hope people don't think I'm too weird. <laughs> I think there's a lot of truth to that. You are very, you are one of the most unique individuals and well thought individuals. Seriously. I I, I really uh, admire the way that you approach your day and um, excited to look uh, and watch your career, not only on the court, but off the court, uh, continue to blossom and see what's up next for you. Thank you. I appreciate that.